Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you wherever you may be around the world. Welcome to Lighthouse Live on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Mike Douglas with you here along with our co-host and producer, Chris Whitler, who is no longer bearded from no. the bearded gospel guys. Your beard is gone and it's gone. we kind of miss it. Gone but not forgotten. But, but your wife probably doesn't miss it too Yeah, much. the smoochometer has gone up <laughs> since the beard... Has left. Well, and there's a story behind that. We'll get that in. Everybody has priorities. In just, that's right. In just a moment, some exciting stuff tonight. And uh, we'll get to meet uh, Josh and Aaron here in just uh, a second. But in studio with us tonight is our office manager, Brenda Lapome. And and, uh, Brenda's been with us, what, almost two years now, I think it is. And it really has helped uh, revolution. Brenda actually runs the ministry here. I show up for comic relief. You know, that's about it. And uh, But also with us, and a special acknowledgement, is uh, we have, uh, Chris, a, a wonderful arrangement, a contract with the University of Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And uh, their students, as they're earning their degree, have to do a certain amount of volunteer hours uh, in order to complete their degree. And, and so they, they send us some of their best people. And one of the best ever is uh, Amanda Saldana. And Amanda's with us in Studio 2. And what's significant about this is today, in fact, this is Amanda's last hour very with last ABC. Hour of yeah, ABC. and so we just want to thank you, Amanda, for your service uh, to ABC and, and to the community. And uh, really appreciated working with you. And hope you come by and hang out with us again. So thank you for your uh, for your service. Let's uh, let's move on now to uh, our friends from Voice of the Martyrs, and we'll be right back here on Lighthouse Live. Hey, what's up? This is Toby Mack with a story of another real-life Jesus freak. It's Venice, 1542. Anthony Rossetti can avoid death by drowning if he renounces his love for Jesus. The lords of Venice promise financial rewards and tell him how another prisoner has just been set free. But Anthony remains true, saying, If he has forsaken God, I pity him. But I am resolved to sacrifice everything in this transitory world for the sake of salvation in a world that will last forever. And he dies cheerfully. What's more, the Venice lords had lied about the other prisoner. He had not recanted. And he also dies a martyr's death. All to the glory of God. Will you take a stand? For more on the Voice of the Martyrs, go to persecution.com. Back with you live here on Lighthouse Live and the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Chris, you know, I'm just thinking as I'm listening to this kind of things, and you know, and rightly so, we get involved with the day-to-day stuff. You know, how, how are we going to pay the maintenance bill? And you know, what what color should we paint the wall? And we need to have a board meeting to do this. 
and, and you think of, especially in third world countries, the persecution that believers are undergoing, and it kind of just puts it into perspective. A lot of stuff we worry about is really kind of piddly in, in the in the grand scheme of things, and we need to remember those brothers and sisters around the world that are being uh, beaten, persecuted, arrested, and put to death for uh, for their faith. Yeah, we we uh, actually the the three of us just came from our. A Bible study that we're doing on South Ninth Street, yeah. and the the chapter we looked at today was Ephesians six, where Paul talks about not we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, yeah, right. uh, but against principalities, powers, rulers, and spiritual forces of wickedness. And so we we kind of we're trying to break that down, and we were talking about it together a little bit, and we you know we just started talking about the things that might be against us in the Christian life, and a lot of the things we listed. When you really put it in perspective of what people are facing around the world, <laughs> we have a lot of freedom. Yeah, we do. You know, we have, there's a, a, a lot of uh, good things that are uh, at our disposal. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's good to remember brothers and sisters around the world that are facing tougher, a lot tougher situations than hey, we are. Amen to that. Well, Chris, our association with you over the years has just been fantastic. We've been partnering and in serving the community for quite, I think, probably all of our 12 years. And, and, and recently you were able to come on board with us in a more formal arrangement. We I've just weaseled my it. way in. No, not at all. <laughs> uh, YWAM has just been a blessing, not only to the community, but, but to us as, as we try to serve in partnership with you. And you have introduced us to some wonderful people mm-hmm. throughout the years. And, and one of them is here who is, I don't want to say he's an old friend. You're not old. You're just, you know, you're, you're a long-time friend. I'll be 40 this Aaron, month. you'll be 40. Well, yes. Man, you're just in the crib yet. I mean, 40. <laughs> uh, Aaron Alfred. Aaron, great to, great to have you with Thank us. You. And, uh, we're going to be, uh, talking about, uh, I, I want you to, before we leave today, talk a little bit about, uh, the, the bearded gospel man. Yeah, sure. Because that, yes. that, that really, I, I think it was so cool. And I was telling Chris <laughs> yesterday, you know, I admire you guys. My beard used to come in kind of, Reddish, mm. a little bit. No, we're like you. Over little Yukon Cornelius going on. Yeah, yeah right. My, my beard now comes in gray, so <laughs> I, I just don't do it because it gets depressing when I look at myself <laughs> in the mirror. But make a co- good Santa. Yeah. Oh, thank you for that, <laughs> Chris. We're, we we will now have our self-esteem session as we lift each other up and all of that. Thank you. With padding, with, with, padding, with padding for sure. Oh, that's well, you might already have the padding. Or, it's getting worse as we go along. Yeah, Chris, would you introduce uh, Josh to us and uh, just the amazing, the amazing journey, literally, that Josh has taken? Yeah, uh, this is uh, Josh Seahorn. He's uh, in the studio with us today. He's been with us for a week and a half, about. Just about. Just yep. about there. And uh, he's just finished, actually just a couple of weeks ago, hiking and running the American Discovery Trail. Wow. And uh, so, yeah, wanted, wanted to have him in, wanted to have him tell his story and a little bit why he does what he does. So, yeah. Great. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So how did you get connected with this journey what 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 did god do inside of you that said josh i want you to walk out of 5000 plus miles or something mm-hmm. yeah so i i uh, i guess it started uh, several years back i finished my undergrad my master's degree in wildlife biology and fisheries biology in 2011 and as soon as I finished school, I threw hiked the Appalachian Trail. And so I wow. uh, backpacked from Maine to Georgia. And in doing that, it was about 2,000 plus miles and just got to see a lot of 
country and meet a lot of people and, you know, have a, an athletic challenge and, um, experienced a lot of different things while I was out there. Um, that's, I guess, initially where my long distance, uh, on foot kind of, um, you know, affinity came from. And then, uh, I was home for most all of 2012 and, you know, really just had the itch and decided, you know, I really want to, I enjoyed being able to share my story from the Appalachian Trail, and I decided that I wanted to pursue another trip and and make more connections with people and uh, and see the country still. And so I decided to do the American Discovery Trail, which is about it's a, a little over four thousand eight hundred miles, so almost five thousand miles, and it goes from Point Reyes, California, to Cape Henlopen in Delaware. Wow. Um, so yeah, it's a very long trip. It took me, I I did it in three hundred and sixty days. Uh, with some downtime here and there for uh, working on a website and, and speaking to people. But uh, generally, yeah, that most all that time I was traveling around 20 to 25 miles in a day. Um, I think my biggest day was 42 miles. Wow. And, um, yeah, it was an unbelievable experience, and uh, I can't wait to share it more. Well, the, I mean, you must have worn out a couple of pairs of shoes. I did. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually only went through about five pairs of R- shoes. Really? Um, but I was putting about a thousand miles on each pair, and I had them blowing out left and right. You know, on both sides, my toes are hanging out and all that kind of thing. <laughs> but uh, I was trying to only exist on donated shoes. My entire trip was done purely through donations, and so Wait, solely yes. through oh, donated oh, shoes. My oh my, get it? He went solely. there. He went there. Oh my. <laughs> Um, so yeah, anyway, and, uh, fortunately I was able to do that and, um, my feet didn't suffer too badly from that decision. Well, tell us, uh, as, as you started your, so you, where did you start? East coast or West? Coast? So yeah, I started in the West and okay. Point Reyes, Point Reyes National Seashore. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in your first couple of days, did you think, why did I do this? Or, or did you just get more and more excited? Yeah, you know, no, I didn't, I didn't really have any, uh, doubts or, or hesitations like that. Um, I tried to keep a, a pretty positive, uh, mindset and I think that really helps, uh, especially in a lot of tough situations. Um, but, you know, it was definitely the magnitude of how long it was going to take, uh, was very apparent to me. Um, but, though it was a large task, it wasn't something that overwhelmed me and, um, and I guess prevented me from wanting to move forward. Mm. And really what I did was I, I looked at it as one large goal, but uh, ultimately I would be breaking it into multiple very small sections. So realistically I would go a week at a time almost, you know, and, and have my food supplies and the other things that I need and uh, and basically just take it a day and a week at a time. And the next thing you know, you're a couple months in and, you know, next thing you know, you're, you're halfway through it and uh, it definitely – takes a long time, but mm. uh, honestly, it goes by very quickly as well. So were you doing like the John the Baptist thing with, you know, honey and locusts or what, what how did you survive that? Well, uh, yeah, so Snickers it, it, yeah, <laughs> Snickers, uh, they, Aaron, Snickers and Coke, Aaron and Chris have learned about, uh, how much I like Snickers and Coke. All right. Um, so I'm talking, you assume you're talking about the drink. Yes. Yes. Coca-Cola. Yes. Coca-Cola. <laughs> Sorry. I, I am from Georgia and, uh, Coca-Cola is king down there. So, 
Oh um, yeah, yeah. So, but no, I I love that. But yeah, I would basically uh, we call it resupply in the long distance hiking world. But basically, you take four to five days worth of food with you, and when you run down, uh, you we would basically coordinate either to come out to a road or be in a town to where you could hitchhike into the town, resupply your food and supplies, come right back to where you left off, and uh, and I would just have to do that various points along the trip. Sometimes I would have to pack, you know, more days worth, and sometimes. Sometimes I could go only a couple days at a time because I knew I would come through a town. Um, but, but yeah, it just took, you know, about, uh, four to five days worth of coordination each time to make sure I had the right amount of food and that I would be able to cover the distance needed to get to that next point to know that I could get to a grocery store. Uh, so yeah. So for the first part of your trip, uh, from what I remember you saying, you were carrying everything on your back. Basically, yeah. About the first two thousand miles, I I was care I was backpacking, uh, and then the next maybe eighteen hundred miles, I had a, a baby jogger cart, and I put my pack in that cart and would run hike with that. And then the last bit of my trip, I had a friend that would drive a vehicle, and I would run and hike all day, and then she would meet me in the evening, and we'd try to find a place to stay. But yeah, the very first part of my trip, I was carrying, um, you know, my camping supplies and the food I needed and what clothing I would have with me and all, all the other small things like that. Um, and my, my pack was kind of heavy because I was trying to blog and take photos and I, I was going to ask how heavy was that? Well, for 2000 miles. Yeah. With, with the technology I was trying to carry with a, a laptop and cameras and whatnot, um, my bag was normally around about 50 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, at the heaviest, my bag was 80 pounds and that was, uh, preparing for about eight days, uh, with food and then having to carry about 13 liters of water in the desert in Nevada. And so, uh, at most it was around 80 pounds and that was just, <laughs> nobody should try to carry 80 pounds on their back. It's not very so comfortable. So all of that was through the Sierra Nevada range and through the Rockies, right? Yeah. The, so with it on your back. Yeah. Carrying the backpack. And that was uh, more realistically because you, it, the trail was on hiking trails. Right. So there's no real way to roll something like a cart. And, uh, and so, yeah, that was just kind of what you had to do to make it, make it through those sections because they were much more remote. I'm, I'm amazed. Really. And here's a new Olympic sport. I mean, you know, here's, here's, here's Mr. Iron Man. Yeah. Just kudos to you. Just absolutely incredible. So coming out of Point Reyes and, and you're on the road, I imagine you had some incredible stories and things to tell. And we kind of want to hit some of those highlights uh, here this afternoon. So, you know, coming out of California, uh, any, anything hits you? Any, any special incident that, that you recall? Yeah, I, I had, uh, several different things, great things happen and kind of bizarre things happen too. Uh, while I was in California, I guess on more of the bizarre side and, and unfortunate well, side. Well, that fits. Was, yeah, well, <laughs> California, yeah. Well, we'll start there and then I'll tell you a great thing. But, uh, I was actually at a campground and I, I have an iPhone and that's how I was navigating in a lot of cases. And uh, I was charging my iPhone in kind of a, one of those, there's a campground bathroom where there's multiple stalls or multiple doors. And, uh, I was just charging there. It was about, you know, 20 feet from the, the bathroom and I'd check on my phone every five minutes. Uh, and apparently somebody decided they wanted to steal my phone. Oh, my and, uh, and so fortunately for me, uh, I have, there's an app on my phone called find friends. And so I have a friend in Georgia, uh, who was actually hiking, um, 
that I contacted and asked them to, uh, my friend Brittany, and she was able to look up the location of my phone. And so she told me that my phone was in X place in Roseville, California. And I said, uh, okay, so I, I, I called the police and told them this is where my phone is. And so I ended up going over to that house and I actually had my GoPro running and filmed the girl being arrested uh, who had taken right? my phone. Uh, and unfortunately she was a 17 year old girl that had just taken my phone out of the bathroom as, wow. as she was leaving the campground. Wow. And, uh, and yeah, so, uh, they, they took her away. And I think because she was underage, she was probably only detained for a day, but it was a unfortunate situation that ended up good in my side. At least I got the, my property back, but she had wiped all my contacts off and, and everything mm-hmm. like that. So kind of a bizarre thing, but I guess a note, if you're going to steal a phone, you know, don't do one with GPS on it. But. So I, I can see right now, Chris, all, all as our signal is going all, all over the world, people are listening. All these people right now are hitting the app store yeah. looking yeah, for yeah. find friends. Yeah, right? sure. <laughs> yeah. well, that's a great, great thing to know. Yeah, it was, it was a great resource and it definitely helped, helped me out a wow. lot. So, um, but, but yeah, that, that was kind of a, uh, you know, a tougher situation thing that happened, but no, I had a lot of great experiences and met so many nice people that helped me out and brought me into their homes and let me stay with them and Mm. uh, bought me dinners. And, um, but I'll say probably, you know, I, I really loved how beautiful the Sierras were and, and coming over uh, Lake Tahoe, uh, was just a beautiful environment. And Mm. that's one of probably my, uh, when I share my photos, a lot of people really love the photo that I've taken at Lake Tahoe. Well, why don't um, you just put it up to the microphone so everybody can yeah, see? Yeah, it. yeah. Can, can, you, can you guys see this? It's Look beautiful. At this. It's so Isn't it? Oh, it's great. Yeah, it's, it's magnificent. <laughs> um, but no, I I really enjoyed California a lot. Wow. What and and what was God doing inside of you? I mean, you're, you're out there alone in His creation. Any. Any special way that he spoke to you? Any new insights that you gained? Yeah, I think for me, a lot of times when people would in, would meet me, they um, you know make certain assumptions about why I'm out doing what I'm doing or or what am I doing, and a lot of times people assume I'm soul searching, you know. And for me, I guess explaining to a lot of the people that I met that I didn't particularly feel like I was soul searching because I feel like I I knew who I believed and what I believed. Mm -hmm. And it was more uh, kind of on the opposite end is that I met a lot of people that were searching, even though they weren't wandering around uh, the streets, people were curious and and wondering uh, what I believed and what I thought. And so I was able to share that. And so I think using that unique situation that I was in where I was needing a place to stay or um, not knowing anyone uh, really kind of put me in a position that um, gave me a platform to be able to share my faith. And I was just really grateful to be able to do that. Wow. So your story began to intersect their stories. Mm-hmm. Tell us about some of their stories that you encountered. Yeah, I, you know, it's amazing how when you start to have a real conversation with people and you take it beyond just that surface level, how's the weather, uh, how people can start to open up to you. And, uh, I have, uh, I, I met someone whose name's Victoria, uh, who I met in California, uh, who was with me for a couple of days, helping me out, carrying my stuff for me. Uh, and, you know, only after a couple of days worth of hanging out, uh, as I'd run during the day and we'd meet up in the evening, uh, she started just telling me a lot about her life and the struggles and things she was going through and, and just literally how depressed she's gotten at times and how, um, you know, empty at times and, and not knowing what she should be doing or, you know, more, more or less just looking for that purpose. And it, 
you know, we didn't know each other three days before this conversation happened, but it's a matter of me taking the time uh, to actually ask those kinds of questions and, and let our conversation get to that point uh, was just really a, a unique and very cool situation. And I, I hope and wish more people will be able to experience that. Just taking that time to really get to know someone and figure out are they, do they have a lot of things that they're, you know, feeling blessed about or do they have concerns, you know, that you might be able to pray for them uh, or, or offer some type of resolution that maybe God's helped you through before? Um, it was a, it was a, a great experience. So she was definitely, um, one of the people that, you know, I still think about, I still pray for. Mm. And, uh, and that, that happened for me in California. Does it give you an additional perspective because of our kind of rat race that we're involved in, you know, and most of us go home, the garage door shuts and, mm-hmm. you know, we're tired from work and we don't have any outside connection. Did did it kind of open your mind a little bit to the importance of developing, you know, relationships with people in order to really gain some trust and, and absolutely. be able to share off? authentically with them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that is one big thing that has changed and and started to change for me before when I was on the AT, but especially on this trip is just, you know, how much I learn from talking to all of the people as well Mm. and, Mm. and how little we interact with each other in in normal society. Now our culture and our society um, almost has made us more reclusive. And and this isn't a bash on technology. This isn't a bash on commitments, but it is, it is a real, real thing that we have to, we have to evaluate, you know, are we filling our lives with menial tasks that just keep us moving and, and to where we don't actually learn and, and, and have discussions with people that are uh, sincere and um you know so so that's something that yeah i definitely learned and mm-hmm. really made an effort not just to uh just to have surface conversations with people um across the, it, it would have been very easy on my part to do that because i'm only going to be there for a day but i mm-hmm. i definitely have a few stories that i could share that uh about how deep conversations have gotten and how much of an impact I've had on people and how much they've had an impact on me just from a day or two that I've, I've, uh, you know, met somebody. So well, share some of those examples with us. Uh, well, so I, so I give a, a presentation and I have a few uh, people that I talk about in those presentations, but probably one of the, the situations that I found myself in, uh, was in Rochester, Indiana. And I, I met two guys, uh, one night, uh, typically I would come into a town and either have to camp or if I could find somebody and make a friend and they would offer me a place to stay, I would do that. So it happened at this night. I was, I went to a bar and got some food there and made a connection to stay in an apartment above the, above the bar. Um, but as I was eating, I, I met, I overheard two guys talking behind me and they were, um, very drunk at this point. But I overheard one guy saying, I gotta go to the hospital, I gotta go to the hospital. And the other guy was saying, okay buddy, I'll take you, I'll take you. And, and I, and I would just kept thinking, there's no way that you're gonna drive to the hospital right now. You're, you're way too drunk. And so I, at this point I interjected myself into the situation and I went over and offered and I said, look, hey, I'll, I'll drive you. Uh, so they gave me the keys to the car and as we're going to the hospital, I find out kind of what the situation is. And, um, the the fellow that was needing to go to the hospital uh was basically he was on heroin and he was uh on Xanax and he was drunk it was just a kind of a really bad combination for that that evening and uh he was self-committing himself because he knew he'd been around this before and experienced it and he knew that it was just not going to get any better for him right. and so he was reaching out for help 
And, uh, so we went to the hospital and at that point, uh, you know, once I learned what was going on, we started having some meaningful conversation, like what, what would make you want to stop? You know, he, he'd say, I want to stop, but why, and why haven't you before? And what's prevented you from, you know, from maintaining that. And, and, and we started discussing more about scripture and we started talking about his faith and where he came from. And, uh, and, before we went into the hospital, I, I got to pray with them, and it was interesting. And I mentioned this, uh, but the the other fellow that was with us, uh, he kept nudging me during our prayer and just saying, "You know, you're a good guy. You're you're a good guy." And for anybody that's in it, been in prayer for the most part, you don't normally experience that during prayer. Yeah. So I, it started to stick <laughs> out to me, and uh, so we went inside and. Um, and as we were sitting in the in the hospital room, uh, we were discussing Christ more and just scripture and, and about his family and about the work that he had been doing and, and these other things. And as we're discussing, um, the the other fellow that was there trying to help, he basically just stops us and he goes, he goes, "What are you talking about? Mm. You know, what? Mm. what I, you you sound so smart. You sound like you know what you're talking about. But <laughs> but like, what scripture are you talking about? You know, who's Jesus?" And for me to have that question put out on the table in a very bold way was different. Um, but it, it gave me an opportunity to share the gospel and to share who Christ was and what he did and, um, and who he is to me. And so it was a really, um, powerful situation, if not for them, for me. Um, but as that night wound up, uh, the, the guy that was struggling with heroin ended up going to another hospital. I took the other fellow back to the, to the bar cause he lived down the street. And before the night was over, he had confessed to me about his addiction to pornography, uh, his alcoholism and just several other things that this is not normally what you have kind of a conversation with just a pure stranger. Right. Um, but we discussed those things and we connected online. Uh, I gave him a resource for a local pastor that I, I ended up getting connected to. Hmm. And, um, and so, uh, anyway, fast forward a few weeks later, uh, after that one night, I get a message from that guy on, on Facebook and he just, he says, Hey, you know, it's around Christmas time. And he goes, Hey, I just want to let you know that it was so good to meet you. And, uh, I started attending this church and, you know, I'm, I'm stopping to drink now. I'm not drinking anymore. I'm still struggling with these other issues, but I want to, I want to stop that too. It's just really hard. And, to have him tell me that. I mean, this is a, a grown man making this decision based on the night that we met each other and hopefully because other people have had impact on him as well. Um, but beyond that, two weeks later, I get another message from the guy who had been struggling with heroin and, and he says, Hey, look, um, man, when I got out of my rehab program, I moved away. I'm in another state now. Um, my life's getting straight. You know, I've been clean. I just talked to him the other day. He says he's been clean for 90 days. Mm-hmm. And, and he just wanted to thank me because he says that he felt like I saved his life that night. Mm-hmm. And now that's, that was just an unbelievable thing to hear. You know, I, I didn't expect to be able to hear that kind of, that side of the story. But the fact that God would use me in that kind of situation, uh, was a blessing to me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, normally, I guess I, I wouldn't expect to be in that type of environment and situation all the time. But because I, I just said, you know what, I'm going to put myself into a situation where I could try to help someone. Uh, God just really used that time to impact those two guys, especially. Um, 
but that was just one situation that fortunately the fruit came from that too. And, and you can see how, um, how big God is and how it doesn't matter how low you are or how high you are, where you're at in your walk. I mean, he can have a huge impact and reveal things to you and convict you. And, and, um, and I'm, I just pray for those guys and, and for the people that I haven't been able to meet like that. But, uh, it was just a really, really unique situation. Talk a little bit about, um, what you had done that day. And what you were expecting to do that night. Yes. Well, versus what happened. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was one of those things where, you know, my typical day was about 20 to 25 miles, uh, hiking and running down roads in various places. And, and, you know, when I got into town, it was already dark and I was just basically looking for a place to sleep. And once I figured out that, Hey, I'll be able to stay upstairs, uh, at this apartment, it was around nine o'clock at night. And I thought, all right, you know, I'll be able to go to sleep nine thirty, ten. 10. Uh, this is great. And basically the events of the night happened and it was four thirty before I was going to sleep. Um, and so it was just definitely not what I had planned, but, um, yeah, it was it was kind of an interesting situation. <laughs> we posted a little quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer the other day about always be ready for God to yeah. interrupt your life. Hey, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Amen to that. Yeah. But before we go on, is there a place on the internet where people can go to see your pictures and and uh, your testimonies from the travels? Absolutely. Uh, right now, um, if people wanted to, they could go to outdoorjosh dot com. Uh, that's my website and there are, uh, there's, my blog is on there, there's photos, there's some videos linked there as well. Uh, eventually I, I am working on a book and so if people wanted to kind of tune in periodically to see what the phases of that book are, uh, it'll be done hopefully, I, I'm imagining within the next eight, eight or ten months maybe. Um, but it'll have all the stories and a lot of other, other fun things in it as well. Um, and if people are on Facebook, uh, they can look up Josh Seahorn, S-E-E-H-O-R-N. Uh, and I'm on Facebook as well as Twitter. Uh, so if people wanted to do that, I post photos and, and other fun little nuggets of information on there. Awesome. Again, that uh, the website, OutdoorJosh.com, OutdoorJosh.com. So on these travels, uh, anything surprise you about what you learned from people that you encountered along the way? Yeah, I think one thing, uh, one trend that I noticed was that partly because of our culture and our society, we've all been trained to be hesitant at first, which I think is healthy to a degree and that, you know, make sure that this person that you're meeting, especially if they're crazy looking with a beard and shorts, uh, <laughs> is not going to hurt you or, or do something to you. But generally everybody uh, that I met kind of came off with a very hesitant uh, attitude at first, but breaking through that only in a matter of a couple minutes really opened people up uh, to be very friendly and to be, you know, welcoming. And, and so I found a very welcoming presence about most of the, all the people that I met uh, enough so that they would bring me into their homes or they would drive me to the store or whatever would happen. And so it was really nice to see that side of America because I think, you know, many times in the news, we hear a lot about the negative and the, the tough things that are going on. And, and you don't hear about, you know, how, how, amazing and how welcoming and kind people mm-hmm. were um for me uh so that was a that was kind of one big realization that i had and really that that impacts how i i just recognize that somebody's going to be hesitant when i first start talking to them and if i can break through the first few minutes of that conversation we could sit there and talk all day um and i think the problem is now most people don't take that initial mm-hmm. 
in that, that time to break through that conversation and or we only kind of make eye contact and nod heads, et cetera. But um, now I try to be intentional if I have the time and, and break through that and just meet new people. Awesome. Any other stories that just really stick in your mind as I'm thinking as you kind of move through middle America, mm-hmm. headed towards the the east, and you're meeting different types of uh, cultures, I would, I would guess, across. Anything strike you as you moved from area to area? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Uh, people, <laughs> they would kind of... Uh, I guess give me some idea of what they thought about different areas of the, of the country, you know? <laughs> and so uh, oftentimes I would get, Oh, it's going to be boring when you go through there or all, oh, you know, Oh, cornfields and you know, all this, that kind of thing. And all, not really a negative, but a very like, you, you know, you're not going to enjoy that as much. Mm. Um, and so I tried to take that and just go, you know what? Yeah, maybe I will. And what I found was when I would go from different areas, whether that be desert or if that was canyons in Utah or if it was the mountain regions or the cornfields in the, in the middle of the country, uh, what I found was when I got there, the people that lived in that area only spoke good about that area. Mm. So if it was in the mm. farmland, they would just say, you know, this soil is so fertile and, you know, it's harvest time, you know, we're, we're just all the work that's being done. And, um, you know, so there were a lot of just really positive things that were said about each of those regions, which rubbed off on me. And so now I, I just think, you know what, Hey, this is awesome. This is great. I mean, look how vast these fields are and, and to know what they provide for. And, you know, just a lot of really, uh, cool things like that that I got to experience once I got into those regions, um, which to me applies for, you know, perceptions about other areas. I mean, we do that. We think, oh, don't go through there. I got told many times, oh, don't you don't want to go through there or, oh, watch out for mountain lions here and, oh, don't, you know, do this. And it was kind of one of those things where I go, you know what, that's where my trail goes. That That's where I'm going to go. And when I got into that area, I got welcomed into someone's home, you know, and when I got to that area, they were kind, you know, and so – uh, in my, one of my initial videos, I just said one of the things I enjoy doing is breaking down stereotypes. You know, be, we, we have to put those out to some degree to, to kind of have an initial, it's just what we do. It's natural. But to break through those and say, is, does this person or does this situation actually validate the stereotype that I have? Um, many times it probably doesn't. And, uh, mm-hmm. and so that's something that I found to be true. Well, you consider how Jesus loves the city. And uh, the town, mm-hmm. the area, mm-hmm. and the people who are in it. Chris and I were talking about it the other day, uh, and an unnamed, a large network in an unnamed, fairly large city that we received their new <laughs> news broadcast from oh, and uh yeah anyway they were talking about a wonderful thing it was going on love modesto on on that saturday and and they talked about modesto saying you know citizens serving the embattled city of modesto and i'm <laughs> what what right it's, it's, these these perceptions are you know are, are one thing unless you're living there mm-hmm. and you know god's god's doing work everywhere mm-hmm. and uh, i think we you know we, we need to appreciate that as well as uh, as acknowledge it. Yeah. So, any other uh, any neat encounters with wildlife? Not, Absolutely. not in the bar, but you know, like <laughs> yeah. the, the animals. That's a kind different of. kind of wildlife. Yeah, a different but, kind of wildlife. Yeah, yeah no. I, and for me, having studied wildlife, it was a, a treat to be able um, to see so many different things. I saw uh, black bears in California and in Nevada. I, I saw a mountain lion in Utah. Saw bighorn sheep in Colorado, mountain goats. Uh, I, I actually got to hold, I think, three or four different types of birds. I, I don't know how this happened, but uh, I held 
a black-tailed jackrabbit in Nevada. I uh, actually held a uh, fish in in Nebraska. <laughs> I was just walking by a canal and and you know, here we go. A walleye is just sitting there in the water and I just picked it up. So yeah, there's some, some, <laughs> well, that, that's almost biblical. Yeah, there. it was, it was very interesting. Um, they're so cuddly. Yeah. <laughs> but, but no, a lot of really cool wildlife and, and just to be able to challenge myself to learn the new things that I didn't know, yeah. uh, was really fun. And, uh, you know, just take some photos and, and then also not take some photos and just sit there and have mm. a moment that I realized I'm the only one that was going to see it like that. Mm. Um, and so that was, uh, that was interesting, but yeah, a lot of interesting wildlife, a lot of beautiful country. I mean, yeah. for me, I, like I said, I loved Lake Tahoe and the mountains, um, but I really liked uh, Utah and the canyons and just the red rock and how barren everything out there is. It's just it's hard to believe that this is a, a natural landscape that occurs in our country. I mean, it's it's not like any other area. Um, and just to, to realize how that's formed and, and, you know, it's just, it's amazing how much information you could learn about there and, you know, walking in vast desert areas in Nevada and realizing that, oh, if you look at the mountains, you can see the, the old ocean line, you know, it, it, on the horizon of the mountains. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable just to realize the, the history behind some of that, mm. um, but, but, you know, and then I got to, to have some fun. I, I got a lot of fun opportunities along the way. I, I got to ride in a soybean combine in, in Iowa. Um, a soybean combine. Yeah. These things are Pastor huge Ross machines. will have that at FunWorks yeah. uh, next week. The, the soybean combine ride. Yeah. Really? That's, yeah. So, and, and really how that opportunity happened, I was walking down the road. Somebody pulled over and just said, Hey, what are you doing? And I said, Oh, well, I'm hiking and running across America. And they were like, Oh, okay. Just asking. And I said, Yeah, you know, I, I'm filming things here and there. And, you know, I was really hoping I'd be able to ride a, a combine at some point, but I don't know if that'll happen. And the lady goes, well, my husband's on a combine right now. Do you want to go ride? <laughs> and I said, yeah, sure. So, uh, next thing I know, I'm riding in a combine and, uh, yeah, it was a unique experience. And, uh, I had people in the area that were like, I've lived in Iowa for 40 years and I've never ridden in a combine. <laughs> so it was, it was very cool. Very cool. Uh, and, and several other experiences like that. Uh, I took time when I came, uh, through Des Moines to, I guess you say I took a couple days off to run the Des Moines Marathon when I came through really? there. Really? Is that right? Yeah. And you stopped hiking to run a marathon. To run a marathon. <laughs> I just want to point that out. But, uh, <laughs> that was a fun, fun thing too. I got to meet, meet people and, and see Des Moines a little bit better as well. Uh, but it's just, it's another, it was a cool experience of, of something that happened along the way. Um, but yes, yeah, some very, very beautiful scenery. There's a place in the East in, in Ohio uh, called Ash Cave. And, uh, it was, it's a, it's about a hundred foot tall, a hundred foot deep, about 700 feet wide, huge open cave. Um, but the coolest part about it was when I came through in the winter, uh, there was a little waterfall that falls off the top and it, when it's negative degrees outside, it's freezing. And so there was this huge 20 foot block of ice hanging from the cave mouth. And then there was this giant 20 foot ice pyramid that had formed in the pool below. And I, I mean, I had never seen anything like that, but, wow. uh, that was a really kind of cool, cool thing too. Uh, so there's a lot of really fun stuff and a lot of great trails. I was on a lot of old railroad bed trails, um, and hiking paths and other things and just, you know, cool things in, in the city that it's, that it pass right through the city. Most people don't even know they're there. Um, but kind of little, uh, hideaways from the busy life. Uh, but really cool. Now, Chris, how did you get in contact with Josh? How did, how did God put you guys together and, and start this 
relationship here. Well, first of all, if you haven't caught on to it, at the table here is my good friend Aaron and Josh both. They have very long beards. (laughs) Kind of like beards on steroids. Yeah. There's amazing beards. We'll put a picture up later on our Facebook, but I am going to let Aaron tell that story because I met Josh because of Aaron. Okay. Well, just to say, the internet and social media really trips me out sometimes. <laughs> it's kind of an amazing place. So last year, about May, I took over running a humor-related website called Bearded Gospel Men. And mostly, it's like funny pictures of beards with funny quotes. Started by a pastor, right? Started by mm-hmm. a pastor a couple of years ago, yeah. So I took that over in May. And uh, it was actually just a couple of weeks in that Josh contacted me through that pa- through the the Facebook page for Bearded Gospel Men, and said, "Hey, I'm I'm embarking on this journey. I guess you're a few weeks into it mm-hmm. at that point. And could you, you know, say a little something about my my journey and maybe do a link to my my site and stuff?" And I was like, "Yeah, that's awesome. Let's do that." So over this past year, from May until now, I've been following him on Twitter and Facebook and stuff, and we've we've messaged back and forth and stuff. But it all started because of a beard humor website. <laughs> so go figure. It's amazing <laughs> how God uses all that stuff, yes. isn't it? Yeah. And well, so, sorry, go ahead. And then you you guys have have served here uh, yes. in the past couple of weeks, right? Yeah. Doing some amazing work out there. Any, yeah. Any highlights that uh, that kind of struck you as you were out there? Well, maybe explain the beards in action. Yes, yeah. Well, maybe the the, the trip itself is kind of a highlight. So, again, with this idea of social media and the Internet being this amazing thing, uh, I thought, well, wouldn't it be cool to take – I mean, there's about over 17,000 people that have liked our Facebook page for Bearded Gospel Men. Mm. I thought – be cool to transfer some of the community happening in that aspect, you know, uh, from a Facebook page into something like physical and real, you know. And uh, so I had this idea, like I work with Youth with a Mission here with Chris, and we often host teams of people from churches or different diff- different places. I thought there would have to be at least a couple of guys out of this Facebook page group of however many thousand that would come out and do an outreach with us. And so we had this idea, and we tongue-in-cheek, and with the, a tongue-in-bearded-cheek, called it <laughs> the Beards in Action Beards week. in Action. <laughs> yes. The BIA. So I put out the call, and Josh and uh, my other new friend, Jake, responded to that. And so we, we spent a week together doing ministry in the city, was able to work with uh, Advancing Vibrant Communities and some the, other agencies. The Vine here. House. The Vine House. Yeah. And just had this awesome week together. And it's, again, it just, it blows me away. It makes me laugh that this all started because I started a website, website about beards. So, <laughs> well, it, go it also shows God has a sense of humor. Oh, absolutely. It? I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of now makes me think, I wonder how many people asked Jesus about his beard and then he got to share his story. Cause really, honestly, <laughs> you know, it's happened to me all the time. People, that's how we start conversation is, yeah. You know, hey, look at this beard, and 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 we just get talking, and then we get on to real, you know, you know, deeper subjects. Yeah. But uh, no, it's funny how how the beard starts conversation oh, like totally. that. Now you're from uh, Georgia, yep, Athens, a- Athens Georgia. Georgia. Mm-hmm. So what's uh, what's up for you now, that having completed this trip and 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 visiting our embattled community of Modesto as the <laughs> non-identified <laughs> television station? With an eye on it, uh, <laughs> about us. <laughs> 
I'll leave if that. If you can make it out of this embattled area, <laughs> yeah, you know, what yeah. do you plan on doing? No, I, I'll be headed back to Georgia and, uh, I, I'm really hoping to be able to share my story more in different places, either with schools or churches or other groups. Um, but to hopefully give some presentations and, and explain and tell more about what I've experienced. Um, but I, I am working on a book as well. And so that'll be kind of a project that I'll be working on over the course of the next year. Um, and then, you know, honestly, I'm, I'm kind of waiting and just seeing what God and where he leads me and what he wants me to do. Uh, you know, I, like I said, I've earned my degrees and I have the ability to apply for various uh, biologist career oriented things. And, and that's something that I'm, I'm definitely entertaining. Mm-hmm. But I, I've taken so much enjoyment in being able to do these experiences and share those with people and see the impact that it has both on people just wanting to get out and be athletic and and live healthy lifestyles but to you know pursue jesus and to uh, learn more about natural resources there's there's so many different things that i'm able to do with this platform that i I really hope to do more um but you know there's a couple things that i found i've been forwarded some casting calls for various video related things and one is for i guess it's a show called uh, surviving alaska i think that that um um you know National Geographic does, and and so we'll see. I, I'm going to put my name in the hat for that, and I don't right. know. But if I get on there, hopefully uh, people can follow along there. But yeah. I'm just going to kind of see what other projects might be out there, and uh, I would love to hike more in the future. There, there are some other trails that I'd love to do. The Pacific Crest Trail that comes right down the Sierras. There's the Continental Divide Trail that goes down the Rocky Mountains. Um, but uh, you know, that's all just a matter of, of time and, and resources and. Um, but for now, I, I'm hoping just to be able to share my story and connect with people and invest in people's lives and um, see what God does through that. Just take it a step at a time, Josh. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> what's, really, too. what's really cool about your – well, kind of what you're encouraging people to do is to get outside in every way. Yes. Mm. So like mm. that's the thing I took away from the other night when we heard your presentation was – it's yes, get outside because mm-hmm. it's good to go outside. Mm-hmm. Go for a walk, mm-hmm. go for a hike, enjoy what God has given us. But also the people that God has given us, get outside of yourself mm-hmm. and yeah. and share mm-hmm. with people, get into their lives and and just be outside in all different kinds of ways. I, yeah, I really absolutely. Like that. Yeah, that's definitely uh I mean, I'm glad you brought it and put it that way because that is definitely something that um I've found to just be so rewarding. You know, to be able to interact with people yeah. like that and to make connections like that. Uh, and I just want other people to be able to experience the type of joy that I've experienced from mm-hmm. seeing the country but also seeing people and, and meeting people like that. You know, there's an interesting dichotomy at, at, at play here. here. Here we've got the the very important, the crucial one-on-one relationship that we often don't take time to do. Mm-hmm. You know, people just hanging out together and, and sharing their stories. And yet also we have the technology uh, really amplifying all of this, which yeah. often interferes with those mm-hmm. uh, relationships. So it's kind of interesting. you got both those forces coming together. Yeah, really, I think right? that that's, that's a critical, and that's part of what my story is, too, is to is to let people know, you know, technology is a great thing and can be a great thing, but it can also act as a deterrent and distract us from having those conversations. So I think everybody, we have to pay attention and make sure that we, we, you know, have a hold on, 
on our time and have mm-hmm. a hold on how much we use that technology and, and how much we are able to get out. Uh, for me, it's been a facilitator, you know, being able to share the videos or the photos, uh, and, and post those things where people can see that and being able to connect with Aaron and Bearded Gospel Men, I, you know, to be able to do those things, it's been great. But that connection that we had, uh, kind of materialized into a week of physical ministry yeah. and interacting with people. It wasn't something that I we just stayed online all the time. Yeah. And so that's something I think very critical and I'm glad you pointed that out uh, that you know we all should just be aware of how the kind of impact that technology can have and mm-hmm. uh, on the negative side and the positive side. Yeah. Well, and the story is still being written. I mean the the mm-hmm. seeds that God planted through you yeah. Uh, he's still watering and, and growing. It'll be exciting to see uh, how some of those uh, pan out mm-hmm. as time goes on. How can how can folks pray for you, Josh, or, over the next couple of weeks and months? What, what's important to you? Um, you know, really, just I guess uh, praying for the the future conversations that I can have and the interaction I can have with people, whether they be students or or adults, mm-hmm. um, just. Honestly, that God would, would make himself more and more clear to me and, and that I would be able to take that time to get into the word and, um, just to know more and more about who Jesus is. And, uh, you know, that, that's something that, um, I really, I'd love prayer for, uh, mm-hmm. just in that, that kind of encouragement. And, uh, I guess for me too, honestly, if I didn't mention the financial side of my concern, uh, basically the last couple of years, I've just kind of been taking everything on donations and it's been a blessing because it's put me in a position of, mm-hmm. of need. Um, and I, I don't ask for money. That's not necessarily what I'm asking for. Uh, you know, I'm asking just to make sure that, you know, I, I can pay the bills. Uh, not that I become a millionaire. That's right. not the, the type of desire that I have. Um, but to be able to just encourage people not to let that financial side of things um, you know, just overwhelm their life and prevent them from experiencing some of the things I've experienced. I just, uh, you know, pray that I can continue in that type of uh, enjoyment and not be, be ruled by that financial burden or, um, uh, that, that's just something for, for my future. It's a real thing that I have to deal with, but I've taken pleasure in being able to overcome that kind of burden and, mm-hmm. uh, experience God and experience life, um, outside of it. So, uh, those are a couple things that I would ask for prayer. Did any, as we close here, through your journeys, Mm -hmm. did any scripture that you had read a bazillion times suddenly pop out at you in a brand new way? God maybe gave you a brand new insight or you saw it in a brand new light having done all this? Yeah, there were a couple different passages, honestly, that stood out to me at different times and and for different reasons. But uh, there was one passage, and if I could, I'd I'd like to read it. Absolutely. uh, it's Acts ten, thirty four through forty three. Uh, it's a little lengthy, but it it just the title here is the Gentiles hear the news. So it says, so Peter opened his mouth and said, truly I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation anyone who fears Him and does what is right is acceptable to Him. As for the word that He sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, He is Lord of all. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. 
And we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and made him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through through his name. And for me, uh, that passage in Acts uh, kind of summarizes mm. and um, recounts the, the gospel and the impact that it has on people. But uh, that's just something that really stuck out to me and, and, and kind of is a, a point that uh, if I could tell anybody to read a, a section of scripture, I think this kind of encompasses a lot about who Jesus was, why he came, and what what purpose he served in, in dying on the cross for us. Um, and then the, just the redemption and, and the salvation that comes through that death and acknowledging that Christ is Lord. Uh, so that was one big passage for me. Well, friends, no matter where you are around the world, you can connect with the story that uh, Josh has given us. Again, the website is outdoorjosh.com. That's outdoorjosh.com. And if you're on Facebook, it's Josh Seahorn, S-E-E-H-O-R-N, Josh Seahorn, uh, on Facebook. And I, I know he'd love to connect with you and, uh, and I know that, uh, you'd be inspired by hearing his, uh, his stories as well. And, and we, we thank uh, all of you, Chris and Aaron and, and Josh. One, one of the cool things, uh, friends is, is who God brings into our lives. And, and these, these three men that are, are sitting here are the real thing. There's zero pretense here. There's, there's zero Christianese going on. This is the real deal. Just genuine, authentic, gutting it out, serving the Lord the way He asks us to do. And, and you guys are inspiring. Uh, Chris and Aaron and, and Josh and, and we thank you, uh, for thank that. You. And we're, we're inspired by you. Yeah, and appreciate uh, appreciate what you do, Aaron. Would you uh, would you mind closing us out and praying for uh, Josh and sure. uh, his his future and what what God's going to do through his adventure? Yes, yeah. Right. Well, God, thank you again for uh, bringing Josh into my life and into our lives here, and uh, just the the amazing way that you find to do that. And uh, I just pray your blessings on the next part of his journey. And uh, you would reveal to him what your will is and bless his uh, finances, bless his writing as he seeks to tell the stories uh, in a book, and uh, bless his conversations, bless his meetings with people wherever he is. And thank you for using him in a very special way uh, in that capacity. In Jesus' name. One more time, friends, it's OutdoorJosh.com, OutdoorJosh.com, and on Facebook, Josh Seahorn, Josh Seahorn. Love to at least connect you by phone, you know, in a couple months or maybe a year from now and just see what God's doing through you, Josh. Thank you for being here to share your story on behalf of Josh Seahorn and Aaron Alford, uh, two of the... The still bearded, bearded gospel, gospel men. men dot and, net. Dot net and the formerly bearded, uh, but, but still there in spirit. Uh, Chris Whitler with that. Uh, Mike Douglas with you. And again, on behalf of our office manager, Brenda Lapomi and our wonderful intern, uh, Amanda, thank you for being with us. They don't have beards. Uh, they do not no. have uh, beards, but you know, you don't have to have one to be inspired Hallelujah. by the story tonight. Thank you for being with us on behalf of Lighthouse Live. God bless you all. Thank you.